Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Let me, let me just get into something here real quick. If you study Scripture, according to the Old and the New Testament, the curse is threefold. Now, just about everything falls under these three, these three things. That's death, sickness, or poverty. Okay, premature death is not God's best. It's not God's will for you. Spiritual death separated from God, that is never God's will for you. How many of you know that? It's God's will that all be saved, Scripture says. He's not willing that any should die without him. Sickness, that's not God's best. We have it here on the planet. I think in America sometimes it's harder to believe for healing because we have such good doctors. But sickness is not God's best for you. Many times we go, well, God just chooses to heal certain people. Well, it's never on the giving end. It's on the receiving end. Maybe it's with our faith. Maybe it's something we don't understand. There's still things that I don't understand. My mom died at 65 of cancer. That was not God's perfect best. I know that. But it just goes to show that we live in a fallen world. Things happen. You say, man, why do people suffer with different things? Here we are. Jesus said we're going to go through trouble. He said we're going to have trouble, but he's overcome the world. So the curse is threefold. It is death, sickness, and poverty. None of the three are God's will for you. All right? None of the three. Now, because of those three, we have areas that concern us all, and I'm going to get into those. Some people ignore the first one because they're worried about the last two, and these are very basic. You've heard pastors speak about them before. But in discussing this with you as the people of God or people seeking God, how many of you know it's time to speak up about certain things? And it's hard to speak up if you don't know anything about it. Talked about ignorance last week. said, man, the Lord says in Hosea 4.6, my people perish, my people die for lack of knowledge. They have no knowledge of me. They don't know my word is what the Lord says. So there's some areas that concern us all. But before I get into my first point, how many of you think it's odd when you're asking someone a direct question and they don't look at you and they mumble? Have you ever thought that was strange? Maybe you've done it before. But some of the older generations, they will look at you and go, hey, what's wrong with you? I'm talking to you. They will. I've asked people before, I've asked them questions. Hey, what's your name? They're, maybe their name's Freddie. I met someone before church and they looked right at me and they gave me their name. They gave me their full name. That's great. I'm a little more old school. I'm middle-aged now. But hey, that's weird to me when I'm talking to someone and they're mumbling. I remember my grandparents going, hey, hey, don't mumble there, boy. What's wrong with you? My dad was always big about, hey, speak up. You think they're, we think negatively, many, especially the older generation, say, what's going on? Are you hiding something? Is there a problem? Why are you mumbling? Why won't you speak up? And now is the time to speak up because God has so many promises, so many good things he said about us. Dozens and dozens and hundreds of promises, really. All kinds of stuff because he cares about you. Since the curse is death, sickness, and poverty, According to Scripture, Jesus came to break the curse. But through ignorance, or we don't walk in faith, or for different reasons, many times we don't walk in the provision and the promises that God has for us. All right? So, some areas that concern us all. They, this one should concern people all the time. Many times they just defer it and put it off. Some people are natural procrastinators. Some go, I'm not going to worry about that. i got plenty of time. My first one today is salvation. Everybody should be thinking about eternal life. They should be. Many, 
Many people don't think about it until they're in, in war. Some folks say, man, there's no such thing as an atheist on the battlefield. Everybody believes in God. Say, man, I could get blown up. I'm, I believe in God now. I'm worried about my eternity. Where am I going to spend eternity? I'm worried about it now. We should think about that now. You as believers, obviously, those on the live stream, you prove that you're concerned about that. You say, man, I want to spend eternity in heaven with the Lord. So let's go to, uh, let's go to Acts 2.21. Look at this promise. I want you to get this in your heart. It's real basic. Many of you say, I know about this, but you may not know about these verses. I encourage you to read through your entire Bible. It's hard to say, I believe the whole Bible if you haven't read it all. Okay? So you need to get in the Word. You do. You're called to get in the Word so you understand what God says about you, what He thinks about you, what His promises are, what His boundaries are. Can I get an amen? So salvation. Look at this. I love this verse. One of my favorites. But everyone. Someone say everyone. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Some people have gone so far as to say not everyone's, not everyone's called to be saved. This says, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So salvation's for everyone, just not everyone accepts it or looks into it or cares about it. I've talked to people before. I say, well, man, you know, they'll tell you some strange thing. They'll say, ah, well, you know, I think God is, maybe, it's for, maybe God's for weak people or weak-minded people or, ah, uh, Christianity is an old lady's religion. That's why my grandma was, said she was always praying for me. No, no. Faith in God is what you were created to do. A relationship with God is what you were created to have. You say, man, I know about Jesus. I pray everyone in here does. I always give everyone a chance at the end of the service to accept the Lord. But this is a big deal, and you should be able to speak up about this. If you don't speak up about the other two in life, I'm going to tell you right now, the other two points that I'm going to get to, you really need to speak up about Jesus. You have the eternal answer, you've, and you've got to share it with people. You've got to be able to share it with people. God will, God will put, serve people up on a silver platter to you for you to explain salvation to them. Many people say, I don't, I don't know what it is. Well, here's salvation. Let's go to Romans 10.10. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But look how Romans adds to this. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. That's called righteousness. Everybody needs and wants that, whether they know it or not. People that aren't thinking about it, but they have no peace, it's because they're not right with God. And deep down, they know that. See, everyone was cre created to worship God. And everyone will worship something if they don't worship God. They will worship the opposite sex. They'll worship their phone, they'll worship TV, they'll worship their job or their kids. And what say worship? They bow down and worship? Well, not necessarily, but they will put those things before God. Their 401k, their car. Many people say, man, I'll come to God if he'll give me all this stuff. Well, look, look, you'll be blessed according to Scripture. We'll get into that in a minute because people think about that all the time. But God has always wanted a relationship with his people. His original vision was to have a planet filled with his children. That's what Adam and Eve were for. He said, he said be fruitful and multiply. He wanted them to be godly and walk in perfection in the Garden of Eden. And the whole planet was a paradise. It was heaven on earth. And they walked away from that. Why? For some reason in the human psyche, we always say, well, why is God keeping me from this? Why is God keeping me from that? God is protecting you, child. 
He's protecting you. He wants you to make it to heaven and spend eternity with him. I believe everybody in here is going to do that one day, but it all starts here. Someone say it starts here. For it is by believing in your heart that you were made right with God, and it is by, I love this, another word for this is confessing, it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Could you, if you don't mind, Valeria, would you give me this? Let's do it in the New King James Version, if you don't mind. I didn't have that in the lineup. It won't take her long to do this. But let's look at this in the New King James Version. It might make it more clearer, more clear for you. So look at this. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So you believe and you confess. You believe and you confess. After that, you live it. But I've heard many people have never confessed Jesus. They've never confessed the name of the Lord. They've never called on Jesus. But what do they tell you? I'm tired of hearing this, but they'll tell you this. Well, I believe in God. Well, Scripture says the demons believe and they tremble. So you should believe in God, but that's the basics. Say, I believe, yes, I believe, and I believe he's a re rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. That means you're right with God. Someone say, I am right with God. Uh-huh, through faith, you're right with God. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Very, very, very important. Let's go to Titus 2.11. Some of you are like, Titus, man? What is that? That's the book in the Bible? It is. It's in the New Testament. Look at this. For the grace of God has been revealed. God's grace is the power to do right. He's empowered you to live right, do right, be right with him. But God's grace is also undeserved favor. So through God's undeserved favor, look at this. The grace of God has been revealed. That is his undeserved favor bringing salvation to all people. So through God's favor, through God's grace, salvation's been brought to everyone. Once again, for God so loved the world. Do you remember that verse? God wants everybody to be saved. He wants heaven to be populated with people. He wants everybody to go to heaven. Say, man, why do people die and go to hell according to Scripture? Say, man, pastor, I can't believe you're using that word in church. Why are you bringing that up? Jesus talked about hell. It looks like he spoke, as far as I know, that was his major topic. He was warning people, you don't want to go to hell. There's weeping and gnashing of teeth. You don't want that. You don't want that. Somebody say, I don't want that. No, you were called to go to heaven. You were originally created to be in heaven with God. You were created to be a child of God. But after the Garden of Eden, when we fell from grace, what happened, man? Thank we thank God for our ancestors that we have a, ch a fighting chance to live here and we get to choose God. But man, they messed it up, didn't they? They messed it up. Can't be bitter with them. You have the power of choice now. You can choose God. And that is salvation. That's eternity. That should be a major concern of people. Many times it is only their concern when they're on their deathbed. All right? Here's my question for the whole world. Maybe not for those of you in here. You've already thought about this, maybe. Maybe it's someone on the live stream or on SoundCloud here in the future. But maybe you said, I'm going to wait until later to accept Jesus. I have plenty of time. That's an old, old adage, an old adage. Say, man, oh, I got plenty of time. I'll. What if you died suddenly? What if you don't have time to call upon the name of Jesus? That is a really big risk. You don't want to take that risk. You want to call upon God now. You want to call upon God now. You've been called to salvation. This is the most important discussion for all of humanity. If you never bring up the next two topics to people or you don't look into them, which you need to because they're big concerns for folks, so you need to get into those. You need to study them and understand them. But if you never did, 
you need to know about salvation, how to accept Jesus. You guys have heard me countless times, those who have been in this church for years. At the end of each service, I give everyone a chance to confess Jesus and believe in their heart. Every service. Why? Because we've been given the ministry of reconciliation, which is getting people right with God. We point them toward Jesus, say, man, repeat this prayer. But beyond repeating a prayer, it is, man, I'm called to serve God. I'm just not going to pray a prayer and live like the devil. I'm called to serve God. If you've really been saved, you're going to have a desire to serve God. Someone say amen. Very big, very important thing, number one. Very basic. I want you to look at my second point today. I'm going to really hit the third point hard. But let's get into the second point now. That's once we get to the third point. I want to really hit it hard because people think about it, talk about it a lot. But God promises to heal you. Did you know that according to Scripture? Hebrews 13.8 says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he healed people, there are several references in the Gospels in the New Testament where Scripture says Jesus went about doing good and he healed them all. Now, the places where he didn't, it said, it said he marveled. He, he was surprised at their lack of faith. Can you imagine God in the flesh couldn't heal people because they said, I refuse it? One man of God years ago said, man, he may have healed a few headaches. Who knows? But then in other places, he's healing leprosy and raising the dead. There was an atmosphere of faith. Did you know when you believe, you draw God on the scene? Part of believing is worshiping him because when you worship him, you say, no matter what, God, I trust you. That is an act of faith. Worship is an act of faith. Did you know some of you, I don't know who this is for, you've been struggling with things in your body, you need to start worshiping God over it. Not that you're saying, God, you gave me this sickness because he did not. He is not the author of sickness. He's not the author of confusion. James chapter 1 says he is the giver of good gifts. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. So you need to believe that he heals because Jesus healed. Why would he choose them and heal them? And not, it's not for us. No, it's for everyone. Let's go to Psalm 32. This is the Old Testament even. Look at this. This is before Jesus came to die on the cross. And remember, Jesus came to break the curse, to solve the death, the physical and spiritual death, to deal with sickness and then poverty. So look at this. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you restored my health. That's powerful. It is God's will for you to be healthy. It is God's will for you to be healed. Many people say, I believe, I've been believing God forever for my health, but you know, I have a steady diet of Cheetos and Dr. Pepper. Are y'all with me? Y'all are looking at each other. Hey, I know they taste great, but they were never even created to be healthy. They just never were. They'll, folks will lie to you, man. They'll even, like even, even some of this vegetable oil stuff, it's not really from vegetables. You need to look into that. It's like an engine greaser. Look into it. I'm not making that up. Vegetable oil and, 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 and shortening and stuff, that, that, is not, that is not meant for your health. It's meant for you to be able to cook and use, but mostly it was created so they could sell more of it. So look into your life. Say, man, I'm struggling with my health. Start with the basics. Start drinking more water. Start walking, taking walks. Say, man, I don't want to work out. Who does? There's a few people in here who say, man, I want to work out. God bless you. You're angelic to me. People tell me, they, and it's funny, they've told me, they said, man, Pastor Matt, you're slim. Do you even need to work out? No, everybody needs to work out. I'm not getting any younger. And I'm not even worried about your weight right now. I want you to be healthy. Your weight is between you and God. You need to get, a, get to a place where you don't feel yucky 
It is God's best for you to be healed. Many times we disobey God by what? Not taking care of the temple he gave us. People love to quote that, even though they don't serve God. I've heard people that are new age and stuff, they go, my body is a temple. I'm all, yeah, of the Holy Spirit when you accept Jesus. Right now, it's a rundown shack without Jesus. Your body becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit when you accept Jesus. And that was our first point today, salvation. You believe in your heart and you confess unto salvation. But God has called you to be healed. Many of us have unhealthy habits. How many of you know it's easier It's easier to keep a good habit than it is to break a bad one? I've noticed that lately. I'm pushing up well up into my 40s now, headed toward 50, and I go, wow, it sure is easier to keep a good habit than try to get rid of that old bad habit, right? Hand-to-mouth gestures can be bad, man. Some of you say, man, I know, I know. Yeah, biting your nails, smoking a cigarette, chewing on a pen. It's all the same stuff, man. It's, it's an old habit. How about this? Don't raise your hands, please, in Jesus' name. Don't raise your hands. But I know y'all like soda. Most people do. Some are like, I love water. Man, I drink water because I get thirsty, but I'm like my grandpa Treadwell. I don't know if I care for it much. I'm going to just be honest. But I drink it. I can always hear my wife's voice in my head saying, baby, did you drink water? Did you drink water? I thought about it. I swallowed some of my spit. It was a little dry. I coughed and dirt came out, you know, like the coyote in the cartoons when he's in the desert. <coughs> out here, dust blowing. You better drink water. You got to drink water, man. Just basic, basic steps. That's taking care of the temple. I have not always done my best at, at taking care of my body in some ways, but you do. You need to exercise, get active. Once again, real easy rule of thumb. You say, man, I don't want to do that. I don't feel like doing it. I'm not going to lift weights yet. Work your way into that. You need to go for walks. You really do. Even if you're walking laps in the backyard. Say, man, I'm afraid of walking. There's dogs on the loose. There's a lion in the street, Scripture says. <laughs> Hills and Proverbs said, the lazy man says, there's a lion outside. I can't go outside. Look, if there's dogs running loose on your street, hang out in the backyard and walk laps. You need to start somewhere. Start walking. Drink water. Go easy on the sodas. You do not need six sodas a day. I don't know who I'm speaking to today. Amen? Really? Some of you, you need to lay off the sodas. Life's hard enough for you to be having all this extra problems later on. It's no, and it's, everybody in here who's ever been sick, you know it's no fun when you're sick, right? It's miserable. Somebody told me this morning, man, to feel better is the best feeling ever. That's good wisdom right there. If you start feeling better, it's the best feeling ever. God has called you to health. Do some common sense things. Many times you've done all that. Say, well, genetically, or this is a family curse, or this, or that. No. God says you are healed. Look at this. Let's go to 1 Peter 2.24. 1 Peter 2.24. I like this translation. It says, it's talking about Jesus. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross, right? We just dealt with salvation, right? So he carried your sins. You don't need to walk, be walking around in sin. Once you've accepted Jesus, you say, man, he carried my sin. I don't have to walk in sin. I don't have to be a servant or a slave to sin. It says he carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. Praise God. First things first. But look at this. By his wounds, you are healed. One translation says you were healed. Men and women of God over the years have gotten a revelation of this, and they said, 
No, you were healed at the cross, just like you were saved at the cross. You just had to accept it. It's already done. God already did it. God has already done it. You know, lately I've been getting better at doing dishes. Middle-aged, man, I'm mastering it. And what it is, here's what I'm mastering, is I'm actually getting all the dishes done. Y'all have heard me joke over the years? My wife goes, are you doing that on purpose? You cleaned the entire kitchen and left one dirty dish. Sometimes it's by accident. Sometimes I don't know if I'm being rebellious. Because I want to serve. I want to serve and do dishes, help my wife. She cooks amazing food and does all these other things to, uh, to manage the household. And we work together on things. I said, man, I've got to do dishes. I've just been looking at those, you know, so I get them. Now, look, I've been getting all the dishes done and organizing the kitchen, doing better with some of that. And when I'm done, you know what I do when the job's done? I look around and I put the dish towel and, and put it in one of the handles of either the stove or the dishwasher. And I go, the job is done. It's done. Jesus said when he was on the cross, he'd already handled business. And you know the three words that he used? Oh, this is powerful. I can feel God's presence. He said, it is finished. He said, oh, he's just, that's just, he's just crying out because he's dying. No, he said, I can't. I did what I came to do. And that was wipe out death, sickness, and poverty. Those are not God's will for us. They never were. They never will be. God is not putting sickness on his people or sending people to hell or putting them into poverty. We make bad decisions, but God does not. He's perfect, and he's made provision for all these things. So, number one, salvation. Number two, healing. And let me, you know what? Let me give you another verse for healing before I get into my third point. Real quick, let's go to James 5.14. Try to remember today to pray for the sick. Man, if you've been struggling with sickness, it's very scriptural. Look at this. It's scriptural, lay hands on the sick. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray for you, over you. You can pray for yourself, too, if you can't find an, someone who's well-versed in scripture. Call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Look at this. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Isn't that good? Praise God. So you can be healed by that as well. Man, you unite your faith with someone, but if you can't find someone, you need to get in the word for yourself and pray over yourself and believe God. Say, by his stripes I was healed. By his wounds I was healed. Someone say, I was healed. All right. So let's deal with the third point this morning, and that is money. Oh, my goodness. Some people, some people I've heard preachers say this. They say, man, you start talking about people's money, and they start acting a little funny. It's like, no, I don't go to church to talk about money. Yeah, but you think about money about just about 24 hours a day, most people. Some are like, I don't. But you think about money every day. Even if you don't think about it all day, you think about money every day. Say, how are we going to pay for that? Man, that crazy gas bill. What were we thinking? That electrical bill. Man, it must have been hot last month. You're paying for stuff. You need money. Money's what makes the world go around. They say, ah, faith is what makes the world goes around, go around, I believe. But money, you need it for transactions. Dad's always joked around, said, can you imagine you show up at the store, show up at Allsup's? Because Allsup's is one of the best, right? Always smells like you've been through the men's cologne department after you've left Allsup's. I'm always, what is that smell? It smells like Allsup's. Like I can bump into people and go, you've been at Allsup's. 
I think it's a mixture of underarm, underarms, fried burritos, and something else that I can't quite place, but I'm going to figure it out before I go to heaven. I'm like, mm, armpits, fried something, bad breath, dirt. I don't know, but they all, and they all smell the same. Have you noticed? Y'all know. In every New Mexican, there's two big things in New Mexico. is red or green, what type of chile you want, and have you been to an Allsub? You've been to an Allsub, had a chimichanga. Shame on you. But can you imagine I showed up at the aforementioned Allsubs and said, hey, just got a haircut. I'm looking sharp today, man. I tucked in my shirt. And most important thing, I'm a man of God. I need $150 worth of gas. They'd just stand there and look at me. No, I'm a man of God. I, de I demand, I declare, I confess. I propel myself into the spirit realm. Whatever spiritual stuff you want to say, they'd say, you better get out of here. We're going to call the cops. We ain't giving you gas. They're like, are you holding us up or what? Are you, do you have a gun? No. It takes money, doesn't it? But here's what I promise you right now. If you will be a tither and a giver, I promise right now. This is the worst time in the world. I've been hearing men of God preaching, or a certain man of God, teaching people you don't have to tithe. It's, it's old covenant. I'm going to tell you right now. Jesus said in Matthew 23, 23, he said, yes, you should tithe. Jesus said that. They said, that's old covenant. Well, why is Jesus dealing with that? Hmm. It says in Malachi chapter 3 in the Old Testament, bring the tithe and offering into the storehouse. You've got to be blessed. Why? He said, man, it's just the law. No, before the law, 400 years before the law, Abraham paid tithe. This, let me just put this in a nutshell real quick. According to God's law and covenants, but even before the law, whenever there's a high priest, according to God's will, a man or woman of God, all right, there's a high priest. They're usually men in the Bible. They're men, as far as we know. You will always pay tithe to God through that high priest. So Abraham paid tithe to God through Melchizedek. The Jews, the Jewish people, the ancient Jews and modern Jews, they pay to the high because of the high priest, right? They pay tithe. Say, man, I'm paying tithe to the high priest. So the Jews always had a high priest. They paid tithe, right? So you got Abraham before the law paid tithe to Melchizedek. You got the Jewish people for thousands of years paid tithe to the high priest. And now guess what? Scripture says we pay tithe to our high priest, which is who? Jesus. Can't do away with that. Look in Hebrews chapter 7. Talks about the tithe. And you know what? Here's a problem with many believers today. They go, I need a word for word saying that says this, it says this, it says it. No, you need to get in the word and have an understanding of it. Jesus said word for word, you should tithe. That should be enough. Because what I've noticed with many modern believers, not you, none of you listening on the live stream, I don't believe this about you. But they'll, they'll use Jesus or the New Testament against each other and all kinds of confusing stuff. They'll say, they'll say, no, no, um, Jesus said this, or the Apostle Paul said this, and they do it for their convenience, and they don't get the full text. They don't get the full counsel of God's word. You want to be blessed for life? Recession's coming. It's already hitting now. Look at gas prices. It's here. Don't be afraid. If you're a tither and a giver, you'll be blessed and taken care of. I was young. Let me quote David, but let me customize it. I was young, and now I'm a lot older. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed or her seed begging bread never don't ever let me hear you say i can't afford to pay tithe because i'm going to start watching that the devil will take it out of your hide 
He will take it out of your hide. If you don't pay tithe to the Lord, the enemy will take nine. He'll take it all. And the devil doesn't just, he said, oh, no, he just comes to steal. No, John 10, 10 says, Jesus came that we may have life and have it in abundance. But the enemy, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So he takes everything from you. He kills you, and then he destroys you. He wants you to go spend eternity in hell with him. He doesn't just, I'm going to just steal a little bit of money. Oh, you didn't tithe? Oh, man, I have an open door to you. I'm only going to take 10% from you. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a robber on the street who's desperate? Hey, man, go ahead and get out your wallet. If you got cash, I'll take 10%. Right now. And if you don't have any small bills, I'll break it up. I got some change. <laughs> Give me your wallet. Oh, you got a debit card? Let's go to the ATM and um, <clears throat> get out a $100 bill, and I'm going to just take $10 of it. You keep the rest. No, he comes for everything. He comes for your life. He just, people go, well, I don't, I'm not really going to serve God. No, no, you got to be careful because if you're not serving God, you're serving the devil, and he will force you to submit. He'll force you to submit to his authority. And one of the biggest open doors people have is their money because it makes them do crazy stuff when their money's wrong. And it's as simple as this right here. Let's go to Luke 6.38. This is finances. This is a large part of prosperity. I believe the term prosperity is what the, old, the New Testament writer says, I wish above all that you may be prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Prosperity is all of you. Relationships, healing, salvation, but it's also money here. A right relationship with God, of course. Given you will receive, Jesus said. This goes for anything. But look, it's talking about giving, really giving. Look at this. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over, and what? Poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. You bless other people. You bless the kingdom of God. God doesn't need your money. You need the blessing. I'm telling you, I call out for God's blessing every time we tithe. We text to give. Say, man, we need, need God's blessing. We've got to finish this project. We've got to pay for that. We've got to pay this off. You've got to have money when you need to put gas in the vehicle. Once again, remember, they're not going to give you free gas. They're just not, unless it's a miracle. They're just not. All allsops will give you free is a bad smell. Free. You can just walk in there and look around, go window shopping, leave, and you got it. Luke 6, 38. Give and it shall be given unto you. All right? Let's go to Mark 10, 29. And y'all, I'm not against allsops, for real. I buy gas there, here, and there, but it's just what it, it is what it is. <clears throat> Jesus, look at, look at what he said here. Yes, and I assure you, they said, we've left everything for you. And I assure you that everyone who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or property, for my sake and for the good news, don't ever let that get twisted. It means you're putting God before all those things. Okay? That's what that really means. If you put God before all these things, and man, you've lost some things in life, he says, we'll receive now in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and property, along with what? Persecution. People are going to make fun of you because you serve Jesus. In some countries, it's illegal. In some countries, they're killing our brothers and sisters just because they believe in Jesus. You get all this, and in the world to come, that person will have eternal life. So God has promised a blessing. Jesus himself said, you give up everything for my sake, I'll take care of you. Houses, property, prosperity, I'll give you a new family. Whatever you need, I'll take care of it. Somebody say amen. amen. Now look at Deuteronomy 8.18 in the English Standard Version. Those who say 
tithing is for the old covenant, then you should probably throw away the Old Testament. Why do you need it? Think about it. There's all these promises that people want in the Old Testament. Psalm 23, Psalm 91, this verse. No, but if you don't believe in tithing, then you don't believe in any of it. Because tithing is one of the foundational truths and commandments of the law, yes, but before the law, during the law, and now after the law. Jesus came to fulfill the law, and here we are still tithing. You shall remember the Lord your God. One of the ways you remember him is by tithing and giving. You overcome greed. How many of you know that Abraham, someone told me this recently. They said Abraham's biggest battle wasn't when he rescued Lot, his nephew, from those kings and he won the battle. They said his biggest battle was coming back with all the spoils and giving tithe to the high priest because God was dealing with his heart. Humans are naturally ungrateful, selfish, and greedy. I'm not, hey, I'm not talking down to you. I'm just talking, we have, we have ways that are not God's ways. God deals with our hearts every time we give. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Wow. That he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers, your ancestors, as it is this day. Let's go back to the beginning of that verse. I want you to look at it. He gives you power to get wealth. Ah. That he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers. Wow, look at that. As it is this day. Let's go back again. I want you to see it again. See it real good. Remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Is it God's will for you to be blessed? Yes. Not everybody in here is going to be a billionaire. But I believe God has called everybody to be wealthy to some point. I believe that. I believe that. To have enough money for you and your family, not just y'all, and scraping by and eking out an existence and, and lacking. No, God wants you to be blessed. You can be blessed and be a blessing to others. He's called you to that. And that's the money issue. So let's go back over our three points today. Number one, someone say salvation. you got to speak up about salvation. Even if you're not going to speak up about the next two, please speak up about your salvation, what God has done for you. You can testify that he's done great things for you. He's saved you. Man, you say, man, I'm nervous to tell people. Then start with this. Say, man, God saved me from hell. Wouldn't that be an open, a good opening? What? Don't be afraid. Say, God saved me from myself, from my sin, from my past. It's under the blood of Jesus. He has saved me. So salvation, number one. Number two, healing. These are three things that people should be concerned about. Usually they're just concerned about healing and money. And they're only worried about healing when they start feeling sick. And you're really worried about your money if you can't pay your light bill, right? But God has made provision for all of this. we got salvation, healing, and money, and that is breaking the curse of death, sickness, and poverty. Can I get an amen in this house? God has done it all through Jesus. He did it on the cross. You just got to receive it. How do you receive it? Start. You start by believing. Just walk it out. Say, I believe. Someone in this house, real quick, before we pray, say, I believe. Say, I believe God's word. Say, God is who he said he is. Say, God will do what he said he will do. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes with me today as we pray. And we're going to deal with all three of these things, not just in the bulk of the sermon here, but in our activities today. So let's deal with salvation first. Is there anyone in the house at the sound of my voice? This may be for you on the live stream or listening to the audio on SoundCloud or checking it out later on YouTube. Say, man, 
If I passed away today, I don't know that I'd go to heaven. I may go to hell because I just don't know that I'm right with God. If you have never accepted Jesus, you need to make peace with God through Jesus and through his sacrifice and through the cross. You say, man, I've never confessed Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Would you raise your hand today? I'm going to pray with you. Because God has a perfect plan for you, and it starts out with getting right with him by accepting Jesus. Anybody in this house, raise a hand. I'm going to pray for you and pray with you. We'll do it as a family. There's also for you on the live stream. I want you to pray this prayer with us, if you would. Everybody, let's pray this prayer to get together. Say, Heavenly Father. Say, I believe that Jesus died and rose again for me and all my sin. Say, without you, Lord, I'm a sinner. I acknowledge that I need you. I can't save myself. Say, I believe in Jesus, and I confess him as my Lord and Savior. Say, please forgive me, Father, for my sin and rebellion. Say, I can't make it without you. Say, I call upon the name of Jesus. And say, Lord, I believe Jesus died and rose again, and he's coming again one day. Thank you for saving me. Come to live within my heart. In Jesus' name.